My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Okay, so we started this thing called My Super Stories, and I decided to bring this into the podcast. So if you guys follow us on social media, whether it's my page or the Superhuman page, you all know that we've started sharing these transformation stories. And I honestly think stories are so powerful to help inspire and also push people to change their lives because when someone else has done it, that is a clear indicator that it's possible for you too. It expands your mind and it helps you see that potential. So I want to hone in on stories. And I decided to create a new series on the podcast called My Super Story or This Person's Super Story. Today, I'm going to be sharing my super story. And this really just means my transformation story, how I went from where I was to where I am today. And those two versions of me are radically different. So I want to share what happened in the middle because I don't think the middle is spoken about enough. I really don't think that the middle is, is highlighted. You know, oftentimes just the after version of you is highlighted. When you see interviews with celebrities, when you, you know, meet someone, they just talk about their successes, where they are today. How did they get there? And it doesn't even need to be a celebrity. It can be any random person walking down the street. If they improved their life in a significant way, I want to know their super story. I want to know their story. So to kick off this series that I'm starting on the podcast, where I'm going to be interviewing people that have changed their lives, whether that is someone that has changed their life with superhuman radically or someone who has just transformed in some random way, I'm going to be starting to talk about people's super stories and, and promoting them and, and really just getting them out there, those, those stories. So let's begin. Let's begin with Mimi's super story. Wow. Um, I, I have not prepared for this, by the way. So everything you're going to get is authentic and really just coming to mind. And, and I talk about my story a lot on other people's shows, but I, I want to tell you all in one episode, Mimi's super story. So growing up, I was very creative. I was very shy and I, I was quite quirky and unique as a child. You could find me, you know, randomly reading a book in the corner or, um, you know, playing with potions outside. I'd like make potions, um, <laughs> from like, I don't know, water juice and like dirt. And like, I, I don't, I was just a weird kid. I was a weird kid. I was very creative. I was very, very unique. And, uh, the older I got and the more, conditioned I began, uh, you know, getting from society, the more this film, this layer of something I wasn't started to take over. And it started around the age of eight, around the age of nine, I started to slowly realize that I had faults about myself, or I started to tell myself that there were things that were wrong with me. 
I stopped, you know, liking myself around 10, 11, 12. Um, I was going through a really hard time mentally. I was, you know, learning about about things that weren't good in the world. And, and I was around maybe the wrong people. I remember I had a friend when I was 12, 13 years old, and she was a very bad influence on me. And, you know, I, I always had very loving parents and I have a big sister and, you know, they all loved me. Um, but I think when you're the youngest child and your parents are busy and stressed and working a lot and, and your big sister is starting to, you know, date people and have her own friend groups and stuff like you just, I started feeling very alone around that age, um, around 10 years old, I would say this really started. And I began feeling bad about myself. And I started, it really started with body image issues. I think that was the first big thing that was a problem in my life. And this really started eight, nine, 10 years old, seeing magazines and, and being told that I should look a certain way and seeing my mom, you know, go, go on all these diets and talk about her body in a bad way. And it just was very, very in my world at that time. And I was impressionable. I was a child. So, you know, I, I went into a bit of a, a different way of living. I was pressured very easily as a young girl. And I remember, you know, starting to drink at like 12, 13 years old. And, and I started doing drugs at a young age and, you know, really most of my teenage years were negative. And I look back and, and I, I remember negative memories. It, it was not a great time in my life. And I, I started to just do whatever I could to feel something looking back. I know that I was going through a depression and, and it's crazy to think that, you know, a 12 year old girl, you know, it started at 11, 12, you know, really just not liking myself. Um, yeah, you know, it really started with that. And it's sad to think that someone so young was dealing with that kind of mental health, um, you know, issue. And, there is a lot that I could go into here. I, I don't know how much I really, I'm very open, but there's a lot that I haven't really gone into wildly. And, and one of those things was when my eating disorder started around 12, 13 years old, that bad friend that I was hanging around, her name was Haley. And, um, she was a very bad influence. I remember when I was, you know, I think I was probably 12 years old. Um, we went for dinner with our moms because our moms were friends and we went to the bathroom after dinner. And I remember Haley telling me, oh, if you're really full, you could just make yourself throw up. And I did. And she taught me how to become a bulimic. And I started my eating disorder then. And that's where it all kind of began. And, you know, I, I didn't know better. I thought, oh, well, I need to be skinnier because that's what the world is telling me I need to be. And I want to be pretty and I want boys to like me. And when I was young, I always romanticized life. I, whenever I was playing with my dolls growing up, I would always want, you know, the Barbie and Ken to like go on a date and fall in love. Like I love to romanticize things. And I didn't think that I would be able to find love I was so young. It's crazy to even say this, but love was just like a big priority for me. Like I wanted movie moments. I wanted, I was always curious to know, like I would stay up all night thinking, what is my first kiss going to be like? And it was just, you know, I was obsessed. I was, I was a young little girl that had fairy tale dreams. And, 
I, the more I realized that I wasn't getting that, the more I thought there was a problem with me. So I started to have this eating disorder and around the same time, um, you know, the same friend taught me to do other things that weren't great. And I'm not going to blame it on her because she also was very troubled, um, very, very troubled girl. I don't even know what she's doing now. I actually tried looking her up online a couple years ago and I couldn't find anything about her, um, but she was troubled. And she, she taught me as well another thing that really affected my life for a couple years. Um, and at the time, you know, Tumblr was a big thing. And this is even so weird to say out loud, but like, you know, like self-harming was, you know, I guess something that like people, I don't, I, people, I don't even know if I want to say, like people didn't just do it back then, but it was something that was like in a scene that I started to get into because of this girl. So she was like, oh, you know, like being depressed was like this, this social thing. I don't know. It, it was really weird. So there was just a lot of weird negativity when I was younger. And this girl would like, you know, show me that she would like, cut herself. And she was like, you should do it too. If you're feeling sad, it like makes everything go away. And I just remember being influenced by that. I never really did that severely. I just was like, oh, what else do I do? But I I experimented with it. And that really is sad to think about. And these are all like my darkest moments. And I was a child, you know, it's crazy to think I was a child. So, you know, I, I went through a lot of moments when I was really young where I just needed love and attention. And I don't say attention in a bad way. And I wasn't doing that to seek um, attention in the way that you'd think I'm, I'm saying that, but I really was misunderstood and I needed to be seen. And I think I look back and in that time of my life, I needed to be seen a lot and I didn't. And my parents, you know, I actually got caught in school. Um, someone saw that like, you know, I was with this girl and we were up to bad things and my parents kind of got involved and they, my parents did try to put me into therapy when I was, you know, 13, I think. And it just didn't really work for me because I wasn't, I wasn't willing to open up to this person and uh, just wasn't the right fit. And I was so stressed because my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up. So, you know, this therapist was like $80 an hour or something. And and I remember them always saying, oh my God, it's so expensive, but we need to help Mimi. So we need to pay this money. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like I am not, I don't want to go to this person. It's like making my parents feel stressed about money. And, you know, they're arguing a lot about money at the time. My parents actually almost got a divorce when I was younger. They're still together now, but you know, around that time, they almost got a divorce. And they tell me this now because they were so stressed with money and they were fighting so much. So I felt like I was just a burden. I was just adding stress to the environment. And around that same time, you know, my sister was becoming, um, you know, we were both teenagers now and we would fight a lot and our connection was totally done for, for years. So I just felt very alone. I was very alone. I didn't have friends that I felt truly authentic, authentically myself with. And I was lost moving on, you know, getting into high school. I was getting into the wrong crowd. I just wanted something to make me feel. And I was just so caught up in doing what I thought I was supposed to do and being in the crowd that I thought would make me cool. And I was very, very open to trying anything. And, you know, we would, I started doing drugs <laughs> and, I started going to high school dances on like MDMA and stuff. Like it was wild. Like what child goes to school dances, you know, doing that kind of stuff. It's, 
it's crazy. You know, it started just getting more and more into the party phase. And it was just the people I was surrounded by were really not good influences. And we were all just trying to feel something, I guess, and and trying to be important in some way. So it's hard for me to talk about my teenage years because I feel so different to how I was back then. And, you know, I, I definitely don't, I, I just don't resonate with that version of myself. And I feel a lot of sadness, but also compassion for her because she did the best with what she had at the time, with the knowledge that she had, with the resources that she had. And I'm almost glad that I I had to go through that because it's taught me so much about life, about what life really should be like. So when I found personal development, it was like I went all in. It was this thing that I was waiting for. And I didn't know what it was, but I just knew deep down in my gut that this wasn't right and this wasn't me. And I needed something to get out of that. And I started reading personal development books and, you know, like watching YouTube videos of Tony Robbins. And I was, you know, probably 18, 19 at this point. And I just really started to realize that life didn't have to be this way. And I learned, learned about psychology and I learned about, you know, how you become the people you surround yourself with and, and how, what people say about you has nothing to do with you. And I was so caught up with what others thought of me, that this was a really big realization. And I look back and it really seems like something just clicked and I started doing different things. And I started feeding my mind different information. And things started changing. So this was around 18, 19 years old. I, I went, I had a little stint at university for a semester or two um, when I was 18. And um, I went across uh, across the country uh, to Halifax. I grew up in Toronto. So I went to university in Halifax for half a year. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I did what I thought I was supposed to do that first part of the semester and partied a lot and did did a lot of drugs and went out a lot and skipped school. And I just, everyone was doing it. So I wanted to fit in. And then I had this realization when I stopped drinking actually was the pivotal moment for me. Um, over Christmas break, my mom gave me my first personal development book, the one I was talking about before, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And that was a catalyst to my transformation. At the time, it was so it's such a simple book, but you just, it's like the Bible, you know, like every single chapter in there just makes sense. So I went back uh, to Halifax after Christmas break and I decided to get a job at a juice bar because I wanted to make some extra money because I had no money and my parents stopped supporting me um, since I left the house. And uh, luckily, university in Canada is very cheap. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then, you know, I actually think I, I might have gotten part scholarship. I don't remember, but I, I was a smart kid. You know, I, I did put myself, you know, I put myself out there and, and worked hard when I needed to. And because my parents were always so stressed about money, I felt like I needed to, uh, you know, to do something like that. So I remember that probably being the truth. I just don't really remember. Um, but yeah, when I came back and in, in January after Christmas break, I started working at that juice bar and started eating healthier. And I was still in my eating disorder at the time and, and disordered thoughts about my body. So I'm pretty sure I stopped drinking and partying because I wanted to like tone up. And I know that when I was drinking and partying a lot and I was hungover, I would eat a lot and I just was a bad cycle and I felt very bloated. It was all self-image, you know, uh, 
not, not internally an external self-image thing. So I just, I guess, wanted to, you know, look better and feel better. So I, I got clear though. And I told myself, I'm not going to drink for a couple months and I'm going to start working out and I'm going to start, you know, just treating myself better. And, um, yeah, everything shifted when I got that clarity. I started reading the book at the same time. And I remember I locked myself into my tiny residence room. It was like an 150 square foot room in a residency building. And we had all these neighbors. It was hundreds of us in a building. And I had this tiny room. I locked myself in that room for months. I bought a big empty notebook, a big journal that was empty. And I just started writing. What do I want to do in my life? You know, what am I good at? What what do I not want to do? Like I just I just told myself I need to figure this out because I don't want to stay in school here. I don't like the people I'm around. I started to learn a lot of principles from this success principles book. You know, you're an average of the five people that you surround yourself with most. You are 100% responsible for your life. I started just learning all these things and I was like I don't want to be here. I know that there is more for me in this world and I don't think university is part of my story. So I ended up deciding to start an online magazine and blog that was the first stepping stone to my entrepreneurship. And I didn't have any money at the time. So I learned how to code. And by at that time, there was no Squarespace where it was easy to drag and drop a website. It was like WordPress coding. So I learned how to code. I would split my screen, half of it, YouTube, half of it, the coding. And I would literally learn how to code. And I coded my whole website myself because I didn't have the money to hire someone. And I wanted to create an online magazine blog about fashion, health, personal development, because I started getting really into that and, um, you know, relationships or something. And I just worked my butt off. And that summer I had a friend from high school that was, had a camera. So he took some photos of me and we started this website, um, with those photos. And then a couple months later, I, I, you know, decided to move to London on a whim. I wanted to move somewhere English speaking that was far away. I had a gut feeling that Canada was limiting me in some way. I didn't want to be there. And funny enough, I never felt like I was meant to be in Canada either. I'm grateful to have been brought up there and, and raised there and born there, but I just, I haven't lived there since I was 19 and I, I don't resonate with it for some reason. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't feel like I belong there. So I moved to London and I had saved up some money from working at a bar that previous summer. And, uh, I, I went to London dreaming that I was going to make it big with my online magazine there. And, uh, I started working many jobs to obviously make rent. And at the time, the Canadian dollar and the British pound were really, not favorable for the Canadian dollar when you're transferring and um, and uh, spending money. So I had to work extra hard. I remember my rent was like 600 pounds or something. And it was like so much money for me at the time. Every month I was stressing out, how am I going to pay rent? And I started getting... So I, I worked at a juice bar as well in London. I always tend to gravitate towards the juice bars because it was very expensive organic food for free when you worked there. So that's pretty much the reason I worked there is because I wanted the free food. And um, so I'd work there in the mornings. And then I wanted, I was into fashion a bit more at the time. So I interned at this styling agency on the other side of the city. So I'd wake up in the morning, I'd go work at the juice bar from 6am to noon. And then from noon till 4 or 5pm, I'd go intern at this styling agency. And I'd you know, take the tube across the town to go to the styling agency. And then um, at night I would babysit for this Italian family and <laughs> babysitting was always a great way to make money for me. 
because um, I just, I loved kids and I could, after they went to sleep, I could work on the magazine. So when they fell asleep, I would work at a mag uh, for my magazine and, you know, the parents were working late every night. So I would pick them up from school or get there and, and, you know, give them dinner and, and they'd go, go to sleep and I would work on my blog. And then some days too, if I had some extra time, I was part of these websites that gave you like dog walking jobs. So I would, I was just like, I was, I was very, uh, I was good at creating um, something out of nothing. And I always saw potential in things. So I would, you know, do little random jobs like dog walking for eight pounds an hour or, um, you know, I just, I would, I would do these random little side, side gigs. And I remember once I actually, they needed an American voice for uh, an audio book or some sort of like voice recording. And I was on one of these websites that was like, oh, I'm here if you need like an extra or like someone in the background of like a TV set or some sort of like talent. I put myself on these websites too, because I wanted to get more into TV at that time. So I got this job once and it was like uh, a voiceover thing and, and they paid me a 300 pounds for the day. And I remember being like, holy shit, I am rich. <laughs> I remember just being so happy that I had that much, um, money from one gig. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a big win. And, um, yeah. And then, and then in London, you know, things advanced. I started many different types of businesses, ended up getting myself on TV at some point and, um, you know, just kept expanding, expanding. And then, um, going back to, you know, the personal development side of things, you know, throughout those years from 19 to when I left London at, I believe I was 24, I was every year getting better and better at personal development. I was learning how to change my state and I would read a book a week, you know, at one point uh, learning about the mind and then how it can be conditioned and how I can change my circumstance. And then I started getting into the science-backed approach to manifestation and learning that visualization was the key to everything. And if you guys have heard my story on other podcasts, I, I mentioned this, that I started recording these little pep talks or motivational audios to myself on my phone when I uh, realized that traditional meditation was not for me. So I was doing all the tools that I was told to, and I was trying meditation because everyone told me that's what you're supposed to do. And I absolutely hated it. I hated I was bored. I was, I hated just sitting and doing nothing. I was bored. I naturally am a go getter. And, and I, I felt it was very difficult for me to sit down and focus for 20 minutes and, you know, either think about nothing or try to visualize. And I was just, I was getting distracted and I came to the conclusion that meditation was not for me. And you hear those people all the time. I'm not a meditator. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. I'm, meditation is not good for me um, or it's good for me, but I can't, I, I don't, I can't keep it as a habit. It's not something I'm willing to do. So I, I understood that about myself, but I wanted to find a creative um, option that would help me with the benefits of visualization because I didn't know how I could visualize if I wasn't meditating, right? So I started recording these motivational kind of visualization focused audios to myself um, and I'd listen to them and I'd record them about my life and where I want to go in my life and how much money I want to make and, you know, what kind of relationship I want. And I would say it in a way that made me feel those emotions before they happened. And I started to listen to these audio files 
every day while I was doing these mundane everyday activities, like getting ready in the morning, like walking to the tube to go to the gym, like, you know, brushing my teeth, like going to go do groceries. And I would just listen to this audio file and I'd create many of them if I got bored of one, just helping me get into a state of feeling like my future self. And I didn't even, I was doing research at the time and learning about these things, but I didn't really know the power of this until later in in my life. And looking back, it's like, wow, I was really tuned into my gut feeling because I just knew I had to do this kind of thing and listen to content like this. So long story short, you know, you guys know my story, you know, that I, you know, ended up creating superhuman, the meditation app that is meditations that are unconventional, that are focused on doing them during everyday moments and everyday activities and, you know, really not allowing you to use the excuse as I can't meditate. I, my mind works too fast, not, not allowing you to use that excuse because our meditations on superhuman are completely different. And they're for the people that say that because you can listen to them while you're cooking dinner, while you're walking the dog, while you're getting ready in the morning, we have 15 different categories. Plus, and we're always adding of new meditations for every moment of the day with energizing music. You guys know my whole spiel. So I created that platform and, and in the process of creating it, I was practicing it. I was firsthandedly seeing the transformation that was occurring in my life. And, you know, if you're looking at my personal development journey over the past eight years, the first like five, five years were slow progress. And then the last like three, four years, probably the past three years have been monumental change. Like it has been crazy what I've been able to create for myself because I've perfected the method. Nothing else has changed. I am still a hard worker. I'm still focused. I've actually probably worked less over the past three years because I've mastered what this process is. And I just work as much as I need to, to create the life I desire. And it's more effortless. This approach that I've created, it's a lot more effortless. There's a lot more flow and yeah, you know, my, my super story is eight years long <laughs> or even beyond that. Cause I was a child, you know, when I, you know, when I first started having these issues, but, um, it's, it's, it's been magnificent. Honestly, it, it's been the most incredible journey. I have felt like I have learned so much about the world in this process, about people, about humans, about, you know, the fact that if you do just something that that's easy to do and it really helps, you know, it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to put yourself through grueling effort to change who you are. And I think that that's why this work has worked so much for my tens of thousands of subscribers on the app, right? Because it's, it's easy. It's, it's when you just have to listen to it, you don't have to change a behavior. You just have to listen to it. So yeah, you know, my super story, just to make it very clear in this episode is my my health and my body and my relationship to my body being one huge thing that I dealt with as a young girl from eating disorders to um, restricting immensely to hating my body so much to absolutely not being able to look in the mirror without finding something I detest about myself to self-harming even, you know, just terrible, terrible relationship with my body to literally stepping in to the physical body and the healthy body that I always dreamt of, not from a, a the look of, you know, I'm fit now, not even from that perspective, 
but more so from how I feel every day and the fact that I don't think about food unless it's time to eat. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to have? You know, I used to be obsessed with food and with my body and with being so controlling with what I would consume to the extent that I wouldn't think about anything else. And I remember specifically a time where I would, if I heard someone like me saying, oh, I don't really think about food until it's time to eat, I would hate them. I, I would literally say, who are you? I, I, I hate people like you. You're so annoying because I thought it was just like what I would be forever. But now I'm at the point where I, I genuinely just consume whatever I feel like I practice intuitive eating. I have no restrictions and I'm effortlessly in a body that I feel incredibly confident in. And I love myself and, and my body has changed in more ways than one, you know, like I, my body shape has changed. I look different. I feel like I have the body I've always wanted. And I know it's because of how I think I know it. So that, you know, I've completely healed that disordered eating and my relationship with my body and myself. Number two is finances and money. This is one of the biggest ones. And and I will say I have gotten so good at manifesting wealth. I have been, I've, I've gotten so good at using the method that I teach in superhuman, which is becoming the version of you that has what you want now before achieving that. Um, and conditioning your mind through everyday moments and, and listening to these audios in everyday moments to, I I've, I've really mastered this. I I've, I've really created, uh, an environment for myself where I will earn an insane amount of money and not even be surprised because it's just what happens to me. It, it's just like part of my self-image. I, I have a, an insane relationship with money now. And I remember a time where, you know, if I missed the bus and I was going to be late for one of my jobs, I was desperate. I would, I would, I remember a time when I actually had to call my sister who lived in Australia at the time to get me a five pound Uber for a you know, five minute drive to go to work because I just couldn't afford it. I didn't have enough money in my bank account. There was a time where I literally had like $9 or something in my bank account. I actually posted it once on my Instagram. So I'm going to go look for it while I'm talking and I'll put it on the screen if you guys are watching on YouTube. Um, But yeah, there was a time where I literally had like $9 or something in my bank account. And I, I, I didn't have money. I was so broke and I was just putting everything into just creating a life for myself. And, um, you know, yeah, here it is. So, um, I, I did a post, it was on May 6th and yeah, at one point I had nine pounds and 63 pence, which is basically like $10 in my bank account. At one point I posted screenshots of this. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's there. And I, I just can't believe I was, I was at that point. Cause you know, it, my bank account now is completely different and I wasn't given anything. That's something I, I want to just make clear. This is all my own creation and, um, you can get there too. And this is the intention of the super story series. I, I want you to know that everything you see that I've created means that it's a possibility for you too. Sure, there's a mix of opportunity, luck, putting myself in the right place to take advantage of an opportunity of luck. But there are so many failures along the way when it comes to wealth and 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 money and and, and opportunities when it comes to entrepreneurship. Over those five years I was in London before I created Mimi Method, then then Superhuman. Um, 
I was, I, I, I did every type of thing. I <laughs> created a TV show that, um, this was after I, I did my TV stint in London. I actually created my own show. Um, and I sold it to E in the US and it, they like I have the signed papers but last minute one of the cast members pulled out and she was an essential part of the show and it completely fell through the cracks I was going to be a creator and executive producer of a, a TV show on E when I was 21 years old so that that's immense catastrophic failure and what other big failures have I had I I was a partner at an online education company um a couple of years later and I was working with these big investors and we were creating a course on creating a, an influence online. And at the time I was, um, you know, I had a following online and I was an influencer and I created this course with them and, and built this whole product and it, something happened. They spent the marketing money on something that was stupid and we had, didn't have anything else to put into it and it totally failed. And that was a year of my life of grueling effort of trying to make something work and something out of my control again happened and failed, completely failed. And I can look at these two experiences and think, wow, I wasted two years of my life. So one year of my life for each, um, probably more actually with the TV show, it happened for a lot longer, um, behind the scenes. We actually even filmed the pilot and everything. And it was, it was really good. Um, but, but last minute it failed. And, uh, you know, I could look back on those things and think, you know, I would have given up maybe after those two, if I was someone else, I would have given up maybe and thought, you know what, it happens to other people. I'm just not lucky. But the interesting thing is that the harder you push and the more opportunity that you create for yourself, the luckier you get. So that's a really interesting point there. You know, that you get luckier, the more you, you work <laughs> and the more that you create opportunity for yourself. So that being said, there are other many, many things I've tried since then. And, um, e-commerce stores, jewelry, uh, collaborations, you know, all these different things. Um, I was, I was a really hard worker. And then I finally found something that clicked and I went all in and it's been incredibly, um, you know, incredibly rewarding for me, but I will say the hard work was actually easy for me because it was part of my self-image. And one of the biggest things that I've learned in this journey of creating the life of my dreams, and I'll get back to the other points later because I know we did speak about um, body and then now wealth, and we're still on wealth. There are other things I'm going to touch on. But the biggest thing I learned is that it's more about who you're being. Because if I have the self-image of someone that is meant to be a millionaire, then I'm going to naturally be doing those things that millionaire Mimi does. It actually becomes effortless. It becomes effortless once you change your self-image. And the hard part is changing your self-image. And that's what we teach at, at, on Superhuman to help you do that. But I, I started doing this at a young, I, not at a young age, but in young in my, I guess, years, if you want to consider 21 quite young, I think it is quite young. 21, 22 is when I started listening to those voice memos, my phone that I would create for myself. And when you, and I changed my self image that way. And when I changed my self image and got very familiar with what my future self felt like in my physical body, and I started acting like her, speaking like her, thinking like her, I started becoming wealthier because I was being the kind of person that's wealthy. You know, you, you hear of these like billionaires that lose all their money overnight and then they just make it back up again. You know, you hear of these successful people that go bankrupt and then they just make it back up again. Um, it, it's just because it's just who they are, I believe. And, and your life is created by your self image. So 
I changed my self-image and now I'm very comfortable with massive numbers that would shock people. I feel very comfortable with hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, like I, I feel comfortable with that idea because I know that's my future. There's no doubt in my mind that that's my future. And I'm matching my energy with that kind of wealth now because I just, I know it's happening and I feel confident saying it here because it's happening. And now my business is worth how many figures I'm trying to do the math. <laughs> so seven figures is a million, eight figure. It, yeah. Multiple eight figures. My business is worth multiple eight figures. I've had it valued and I own hundred percent of the business at the moment and I've had it valued. It's worth that much. Typical tech company valuation on the lower end, multiple eight figures. And of course, I don't have access to all that money tangibly because it's in my business. Um, but you know, we we make multiple six figures a month, my company. And I I feel comfortable saying this because it is part of my super story because I was fucking broke. Like you guys can see the screenshot. Nine dollars in my bank account. Nothing happened between then and now that had a bigger impact on my wealth and myself, my mentality, who I became. And the crazy thing is though, too, and this is how I know the work works with when it comes to my business and wealth is that I haven't spent really any money on marketing when it comes to superhuman. The growth has been catastrophic, like not catastrophic, it's been monstrous. I mean, because catastrophic is a bad um, exaggeration term. So it's been monstrous. My The growth has been monstrous when, when it comes to the fact that we've never really put much money into marketing. And we're, we're just starting to experiment with ads now, like $50 a day. Like I'm talking like a, a, an insignificant amount. And our growth has been wild. And it's just been word of mouth. It's it's insane. Like this shouldn't be happening. Superhuman launched just over a year ago. It shouldn't be happening that we've grown this fast, that I've been able to bootstrap the entire business. It it's It doesn't make sense. And I, but it does because of this work, because of my energy, because of the person I've become, the leader I've become, and the kind of business owner that I am, because I'm the kind of business owner that has an eight, nine figure business. It's just who I am. And I can't wait to continue proving this theory to myself because I know it works. So, and I've had months where I've, you know, two years ago, I had my first $100,000 month. Okay. And I was actually talking about this on a recent podcast I did on someone else's show. and. It's just a, a sign that this work is just so accurate because I remember that month. It was a January. I think it was January 2021. And I remember doing the work that month. I like went to a meditation retreat. I was like in my vibration that entire month, not the full time. I wasn't perfect, but I was acting like my future self. And I remember writing as my goal in at January 1st, I was writing my goal my goals for the year. And it was become a hundred thousand dollar a month, Mimi become a hundred thousand dollar a month, Mimi. And I embodied that energy so intensely that month. And I made my first a hundred thousand dollar a month and it shouldn't have happened because my subscription business at the time was doing 30,000 a month, but I got a weird opportunity that came out of nowhere that I wasn't expecting. And it made me 70 something thousand that month. And that's crazy because it was a commission-based thing that I was promoting on my Instagram and I only had a hundred and something thousand followers. And I, you know, I, I know how people buy on my page and it's not $75,000 worth of commissions worth. And that's how I made my first hundred thousand dollar month. 
But then it's not like it was just linear. The month after I kind of was like, oh, wait, what? So I'm I'm there now and I have I can stop doing the work as intensely as I was. And then I dropped back down to the 30K because I didn't have another opportunity and it just, it didn't happen. And then I started doing the work more and then my subscription business grew and grew and grew. And then we hit 100K months later that year. And now a year later, we're we're very much so past that point. So, you know, it, it's just really cool. It's really cool to, to see it happen in the flesh. It's really, really cool to, to harness this power um, and, and take advantage of it because I'm helping the world and I, I only see wealth as a good thing. And I have a great relationship with money and wealth. And that's part of my super story because I grew up with limiting beliefs about money. My parents bless them. They're great people, but they have never been great with money. And they told me growing up, rich people aren't happy. You know, my, my parents, both, both of their parents had a little bit of money. They, you know, my parents kind of rebelled <laughs> from their families and became artists. And, you know, so I, I have, I know stories that I don't know if I'm really able to share, but, you know, my parents were really bad with money. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to share their stories, but, you know, bad, like bad and um, getting into bad debt and stuff and having to be, you know, saved from that in certain ways. And um, yeah, just not something I wanted to repeat a pattern in my lifetime. So, but they're great people and they taught me how to be, you know, loving and I can't say anything bad about, you know, who they are as humans. And again, they did their best with what they had, but it taught me that I didn't want that future for myself. And okay. So we did body self-image or body image and then money. So wealth. So wealth is a massive part of my super story because I've created this life for myself and I'm 26 years old at the time I'm recording this and I don't know anyone else my age doing what I'm doing. And I don't want that to come across in a, a weird way, but I know it's because I'm doing this work. I know it. That's the only thing I can think of because, you know, there are really hardworking people out there, but if you don't deal with the self-image aspect of things and becoming the version of you that you want to be, it's going to be really hard to change. So I've been rambling for a while now. I'm going to get to the next one. Body image, wealth, like healing, eating disorder, body image, wealth, and money creation, and then relationships. So I have only ever had one boyfriend and <laughs> I've been with him for five years and he's the one for me. And we are, are likely going to be together for a very, very long time. If not, you know, my life, um, I don't know yet, but I really hope it's, it's incredibly long-term and he definitely will be the father to my children. You know, we we're buying a house together now or there are things that are happening in our, in our lives. And, um, we're very much on the same page and when I look at our relationship, I think to myself, holy crap, we have an incredible relationship. I don't know many people that have a similar relationship to ours. We're five years in and we still act like we're in the honeymoon phase. We are so in love with each other and, and every day is a beautiful day together. And I know that didn't just happen. I created that with him. We created it. We created this relationship and we've had ups and downs for sure. But ever since the past few years, especially we've both been in really good places and doing the work on ourselves. It's just been an incredible experience. So I created this relationship with him. I know it. I know it. That's something else that, that I've manifested that I've created. And um, I guess you know, my relationship with myself is kind of tied into the body point, but I want to just mention that again as another thing. I went from being depressed and hating myself to absolutely loving my life and feeling like 
I'm the happiest person in the world most of the time. And I will say that I, I'm not perfect. I, I want to preface that I am not perfect. And I have off days and I have low days, but most of my life is fucking incredible. I will say, and I could cry thinking about how grateful I am that I've created this and my health and I've you know, cured things that I like when I'm sick, I, I just know what to do. And this sounds kind of crazy and a bit more out there than my usual science backed stuff, but I'm, I know the power of healing and the power that I have and anyone can have, if they just harness it and little things like I used to have, um, keratosis polaris on my arms. Like I used to have bumps on my arms and I had them since I was around eight years old, which Interestingly enough, talking about my story, all of my insecurities started coming at eight years old as a little girl. And it was weird that my KP started then too. And I had it for years, years, 10 years, 20 years. No, not 20 years, (laughs) 10 to 15 years. I had it a couple of years ago. I started meditating on it. I started changing my self-image. I didn't resonate with the version of Mimi that had KP. It goes away in days. That is the power of this work. And I believe in it. I know, I know the power of it. So that's my super story. And the cherry on top of all of this is that I created a career that helps tens of thousands of people. And I feel like I'm really living my truth. And I can't wait to see what happens in the future because I know it's bright. And I know that the more alive that I feel and the more tuned in to myself and to my desires. I feel the more I'm creating this life for myself and the more I can help others to create it too for themselves. And that's the most fulfilling is seeing the impact that I have. And I'm proud of myself. And I think that's part of my super story too. I'm I'm proud of who I am and I used to hate myself. So that's a really big win for me. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, longer little episode here. And uh this is officially my super story. I can't wait to keep you posted along the ride and to keep updating you on the new advancements I make in my life. And it's really been a 180. I went from completely insecure, broke, unhappy, unloved, un- unlovable. Um, you know, I, I looked very different too. You know, I just, I, I wasn't Mimi. I like, I literally, my eyes were dull. I wasn't Mimi. And I transformed into back to the childlike version of me that I was at seven years old, at six years old. I I remember I just, I had a light in my eyes and I feel like I'm her now. I feel like I've come back to myself. I feel like I'm the pure Mimi, the authentic Mimi, the ultimate Mimi that I've always wanted to be. So this process has really been about shedding the layers of what I'm not, which is an interesting concept because a lot of people think you have to become more and more and more, but it's really shedding the layers of what you're not and tuning it, um, to become more abundant or to become more healthy or whatever you want. You know, I talk a lot about the future self, um, in the new course that I'm coming out with. I don't even know when it's releasing. Um, it's November 9th today. So probably by the end of November, early December, um, or January, I don't know yet. (laughs) We're still trying to figure it out. Um, I'm going to be launching the ultimate life, uh, virtual course. So I, I did a retreat in, in September with 20 women in Arizona. It was a luxury retreat. The tickets were from $8,000 to $13,000 each. And um, we had an amazing, amazing week. And I taught teachings that I've never taught really before. And I had to put my work all into one week. (laughs) Everything that all the science behind superhuman, everything that I teach into one week or six days. 
And uh, we filmed it all. I flew my videographer in and um, yeah, we we uh, filmed the whole thing and I'm putting it online now. It's an online course. It'll be out soon. Um, I didn't really expect to plug this, so I don't have much information, but that's there if you guys want in a couple months or whenever it comes out. So yeah, that's my super story. And uh, it's getting a bit dark here. So if you're watching me on YouTube, then it's the lighting is getting a bit bad. I'm going to have to go soon, but um. Yeah, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day and I hope this inspired you. And if you've radically changed your life with Superhuman and with this work, I would love to hear from you. Email my team because I'm having people on the podcast for mini super story episodes to kick off these series. So much love and uh, I hope this inspired you. Thank you so much for listening.